It doesn't matter if it's the catwalk, sidewalk, or hallway, or even if you're getting a snack from your work fridge. I slay. It doesn't matter if you're having a good brow day, bad brow day, good skin day, bad skin day. Don't matter if it's PMS and you feel a mess, or if you're feeling blessed because I slay. Because you slay, we slay. This is I Slay the Podcast. What's up, Slay Nation? It's Erica Celeste signing on, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of I Slay the Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the Slay Nation. I Slay the Podcast is about fashion, entertainment, and beauty for the culture. In this episode, we will discuss Ye's mental health and whether fashion brands are just talking the talk or are they really about that BLM life and so much more. Before we get into what's popping, I have a special guest co-host joining me today. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, thank you so much. Yes, my name is Christina, aka CN Sloan, and I'm the host of Working Overtime, the podcast, podcast for the nine to five worker who wants to take their dream full time. Um, you can find me online on Instagram at Working OT Podcast and my personal page at CN Sloan underscore. But yeah, fellow podcaster, and so excited to be here to talk about all the things going on. Awesome. Well, make sure that you also follow I Slay the Podcast on Instagram at I Slay underscore pod. Don't forget to comment, share, and subscribe. So let's get into what's popping. Oh, girl, the way you sipping, I know you got the tape. Spill it. Spill all of it. Oh, I know this finna be good. You know what? Let me go get some popcorn so I can find out what's popping. All right, so if you've been living under a rock, there's the only way that you don't know about what's going on. Yes, Kanye has had another public mental breakdown. Now, we constantly see see Kanye in the tabloids. And with this more recent episode, um, this actually happened during his rally in South Carolina because he is attempting to be a write-in for the current presidential election under the birthday party. So um, we've literally seen this everywhere. Now, these highlights about what he said are thanks to Nicholas Hotman from Us Weekly Magazine. So he talked about uh, his relationship with Kim and they had a conversation about him terminating her pregnancy while she was pregnant with North their first daughter how Harriet Tubman actually never actually freed the slaves he also talked about how he would be at peace if Kim divorced him and random things like his brain is too big for a skull um, as well as he doesn't care if he wins the election and he can shoot an AR-15 all day without going to jail now it's pretty clear that Kanye is experiencing uh, one of those manic periods that are actually associated with bipolar disorder. And we know that a few years ago, Kanye was uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and sometimes he can have, you know, these manic episodes. But in the interview that he actually did with Charlemagne, he discussed his addiction to opioids when he had liposuction done, um, which is why he's not actually taking medicine for his bipolar disorder. He then went on a Twitter rant um, talking about, uh, one of the quotes is, 
that Kim's trying to fly to Wyoming with a doctor to lock him up and that the movie Get Out was about him. Um, also talking about like how his kids would never do Playboy and how he was at the ranch and come to get him. And then he got a visit from Dave Chappelle after all this happened. So Christina, what do you think about all of this? I know it's a lot. Yo, I know. It's like when this first was, when everything was happening, I was literally just like, what is going on? Like that, that was my first reaction. And then, you know, it, it, it honestly, it's just, it's, it's sad because he clearly has mental health issues that he is dealing with like so many people who are out there and you know he he most likely obviously with his stature and his wealth and Mm -hmm. access resources that he has he probably has a lot of resources to be able to use to work with this bipolar disorder but it's just it's still so sad because these things can happen and bless Kim's heart for going on and addressing it after the fact I thought that that she handled it really maturely in actuality because I don't know if I could handle my partner going on and saying all of those really terrible things about me personally because he was attacking his family personally like it's really attacking everything about them and that that was rough to see because it's hard because you know Kanye is a is a musical genius like he totally is he makes incredible music and his mind and everything but at the same time it's like bro (laughs) you know like you have some deep-rooted things that you are dealing with and want to make sure that you are taking care of them because it was crazy it was absolutely crazy and then it's cool to see they have people around them though I mean like Dave Chappelle going to visit him and stuff and there was other people in that photo I saw it on social media there were other people it's like yo people weren't even his his people weren't even judging him they were all just like yo how can how can we help I'm here for you and I hope if you know, something like that would happen to me, you know, God forbid it doesn't, but right. something like that would happen to me. I hope I have people in my corner too, because <laughs> he went off, you know, he just went off. And I remember when I saw the whole thing about the get out is about me. I'm like, Ooh, maybe it was like, you know, like, <laughs> maybe it was about you, Kanye, but <laughs> I digress. So it was just crazy though. It was absolutely insane. Like, what do you think of Kim when she came out with her response? I think that Kim is just trying to figure out a way to deal with it all because the simple fact that he's not on medicine because he's afraid that he'll be addicted is a problem mm-hmm. for me because I feel like there are drugs that he can take take to help stable his mood that will not mess with his creativity because even if the dosage is smaller and it's also medicine that aren't opioids. Like, if you go to, you know, if you get injured and you go to the ER, like, you cannot take the opioids. So I know when he got liposuction, he definitely, you know, had a problem with that. But it's, I feel like with him doing all of the things that he does, Mm -hmm. it's hard for him to have a consistent schedule. And especially with people with bipolar disorder, like, they need to have, like, consistency in their lives. So I honestly think that he needs to pick a lane and kind of create that consistency or even work with someone who specializes in treatment that doesn't require a medicine because I know that he does also doesn't want to take it because it because uh, Kim last year in Vogue um, said that it's not medication isn't an option because it changes who he is 
So it's one of those things where I believe that she's kind of alluding to the fact that when he's on medicine, that he's not the creative genius that we know him for. Mm. And him not being that part of himself greatly impacts his psyche. But there Mm. needs to be something else that can be done. Like they have enough money. Yeah, that's literally yeah what I was about to say. Like they are they they have more than enough wealth to be able to utilize every resource that they can. There are so many holistic alternative health options out there, and Mm -hmm. they have access to all of that. They they totally do. So it's just finding what works for him, but like making that a priority and saying this is something really serious. Like. I think no one can deny that when he went on his Twitter rant and was doing everything that it was definitely something that is take that needs to be taken so seriously. Cause this, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot for a lot of people. I was reading it just like, dang this man, like I, I feel so bad because there's something really serious going on. So yeah, they have so, so many resources that they can tap into. They don't need to leave any stone unturned when it comes to, him putting his health first because that's ultimately what they need to be doing and hopefully they are doing especially after this so because yeah, i know that kim stopped them from recording um the kids or this situation for their show so it kind of shows that kim is trying to figure it all out um you know all of this with her husband but my other thing is i feel bad for the kids because yeah. you're having to see your father go through this thing publicly even if they're not looking at it right now like the kids at the schools that they go to are going to see it. So they're going to find out about everything that their parent is doing. And then, you know, things like bipolar disorder, sometimes they're genetic. So it's like, are kids going to assume that they're bipolar because their dad is and then start to treat them different? Are they going to get bullied? You know, is North going to get bullied because her father didn't want, you know, like quote unquote, didn't want, you know, to have her, like, how is that going to impact, you know, the kids at the end of the day? Like, I think they need to honestly have a conversation with them about everything that's going on, because at some point they have to kind of understand that it's more than just dad being fun, right? Mm-hmm. Dad's just, you know, that's just fun and outgoing. Like, you have to have that conversation with them because their family is so popular. Like, everybody knows, even if you're not yeah. into celebrity stuff, everybody knows because yeah. he tried to run for president. Like the moment that happened, he said he was going to try to run it under the birthday party. Like if I was Cam, I'd have been like, we're not doing this. Right. Like, we're just going <laughs> to put a stop to that right now. When I saw that, I was like, what? What? But you know, digress all that. But still, that, that, that was one of those things too. That you're already so much in the public eye. And like you said, the kids, their entire lives, they know nothing else than being in the public eye. And that comes with a entire different set of rules that I have no idea about, but I know that there's an entire different set of rules mm-hmm. when it comes to that. And I really hope that they're really like their concerns and their feelings and their thoughts and their experience, experiences around all this are also being addressed and taken just as seriously because everything that we learn in our childhood, we take with us into adulthood and that's good and bad. <laughs> and so hopefully, again, they have so many resources, they have so much money that they can really make that choice to put their mental health first for everyone in the family. Because I can't imagine a life being that much in the public eye. It's, that's a lot. It's 
one thing being recognized in the street, like humdrum, but to just mm-hmm. every single thing you do be dissected. It's, it's a lot. So I really hope that those kids really get a lot of support that they really probably most likely need throughout all of this. Right. Cause even if they go sleep at, you know, one of their aunts or their grandmother's homes and, and just leave them, you know, keep them isolated for a little bit while mm-hmm. Kim and, you know, Chris helps them with everything. So, you know, Chris is right there. She's right there. Yeah. She's right there in the back. The trying to figure it out. Even though we see the Kardashians life on television, there's so much that still goes on behind closed doors that we can't even, we have no idea. Right. And then with everything that's going on right now, we have no choice but to kind of focus on these things because most people are at home right now. Yeah. So nothing true. better to do. Yeah. It's like any piece of celebrity news is just like news because there, there is no other news <laughs> unless it's just COVID numbers and whatnot. Right. And people are tired of hearing about that, which is crazy. It's yeah. absolutely insane. <laughs> but I also do think that Dave Chappelle was actually one of the right people to actually go check on him because we all know that Dave Chappelle kind of had his mental break years ago when he left the uh, Chappelle show and went to Africa and just kind of disappeared from the spotlight. So that definitely will be one person to kind of like, even though the whole interaction that was on camera was very awkward and very weird mm-hmm. um, because Kanye was just kind of like trying to get back to his new normal of a personality, but it wasn't quite working out. Like he was trying to, you know, put it on social media, like, Hey, who came to visit me? And Dave mm-hmm. Chappelle was kind of looking like, I'm just here to make sure you don't hurt yourself. Like, right he's oh. like this is not a camera this is a me checking on you <laughs> that's right. what we're trying to do right because even if Kanye just sits down with like a psychologist and just kind of work through some things that may be triggering him because all of those things that he talked about that came up to the surface are things that have been bothering him things that mm-hmm. he has pushed down and not wanted to talk about because we know in the black community like it's like, you know, go to church. You don't talk about what's really going on. You just push it down or talk to Jesus. Those are the options. Yes. Oh my gosh. Right. And we just need to normalize addressing mental health in our community because there's such a gap between it. And I feel like that's what stops so many, you know, people from reaching their true potential because we don't normalize talking about our feelings and addressing our mental health. And mm-hmm. no, we just shut it down, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. And then things like this happen, you know, and this is a very public example of something that can happen. And yeah, in our own communities, we're, we're doing the same thing by just not talking about it and, you know, saying, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Push it aside, push it aside. But no, we just need to normalize it. Right. Because even the fact that Kanye West felt societal pressure to get liposuction done before his wedding, because it was on television and it was the same exact surgery that took his mother. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. coupled with a few other things like that's what aided in his first kind of break mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. like he never fully healed from losing his mom we saw that that we saw Kanye kind of acting up a little while ago you know when he was dating Amber Rose and he had that whole you know moment with Taylor Swift on stage we kind of could tell that he was drinking you know kind of like all of these things are just like snowballing and now we're experiencing like the the metaphorical like avalanche that is mm-hmm. what we're seeing displayed publicly yeah exactly and it's just it 
again, this is all just years of just suppressed emotions Mm -hmm. that are just not dealt with. And you see the signs, you see the breadcrumbs all throughout his career and Mm -hmm. something like this happens. And I'm not even going to lie, even though it was very like crazy and like, oh gosh, oh my, oh man. Mm -hmm. Even though it was like that, it was still like not surprising also. It wasn't, it wasn't like some big shock or anything because this kind of goes in line with Kanye's behavior over time that right. you're like, oh man, he reached his breaking point. You right. know, we like, saw that kind of coming. Yeah. Like anytime his name becomes synonymous with an act, like it's just Kanye being Kanye. Like, no, mm-hmm. that, that's no, Kanye no, that's has not a fair. problem. <laughs> Exactly. We need to make sure Kanye is getting the support that he needs because he clearly needs something that he is not getting right now. So, yikes. Yeah, because I kind of wonder what's going to happen now. Like, I hope that, you know, it's sad to say with the everything that's happening in the world right now, now is the best time to get help. Right. Exactly. He a lot has of a branch yeah. where he can be isolated. You know, usually when they do these types of programs, it's usually somewhere isolated, you know, or one of those Hollywood rich places, whatever. But like, <laughs> if he retreated perfect time. South Carolina to the ranch mm-hmm. because he felt comfortable there, because he was alone with himself and his thoughts, maybe just take the help to him. You know, as long as he's not seeing it as like some, or even take someone that he trusts. Mm-hmm. you know exactly. like even if religion is kind of where he finds his peace start there and then have them like bring in some further assistance because mm-hmm. you yes, can explain exactly. what so much you you know psychologists and doctors like they're here for a reason mm-hmm. so exactly. kind of incorporate all of that or just find a psychologist that incorporates all of that like there are a lot of different psychologists that specialize in different things. Some people, you know, specialize in grief, but they use other methods like meditation and things like that. It's all about doing the research, vetting the people because of the, you know, nature of the celebrity, like keep all that kind of, you know, to yourself mm-hmm. in reference to like who you get to help him and just kind of keep it under the radar, make sure that the ranch is secure and get him the help that he needs and, you know, Kim needs to be part of that healing, you know, because it's not like she has much to do right now anyway. She has enough money to be able to take a break. You know, mm-hmm. nobody would be yep. mad at her. She can continue her education to get in her law degree in the in-between time so that she also does something for herself and just, you know, help him out. Exactly. For better or worse, and this is worse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, it's very clear that family is really important to that family. You know, they're they're all about family. So this is the time where, hey, screw the cameras, screw everything else that's going on, and focus on the family because mm-hmm. that's where the attention and the love and the care is needed right now. That's where mm-hmm. the energy needs to go right now is to that thing that you value the most, which is your family. Right. And it's probably taking a toll on their marriage too. So mm-hmm. after he oh, kind of figures yeah. it out, then they can go into couples counseling and work on themselves together without the cameras. If Kim knows how to do that. Yeah, that, that's it's a good point too. That's a good point too. <laughs> because sometimes, cause you know, sometimes I feel like them 
doing their little off camera, you know, their little interviews by themselves. It's like their way of venting and be able to, you know, like could be their form of therapy. But um, yeah, I just hope Kanye gets the help that he needs and, you know, the focus is on him and getting him to a point where he's just figures out how to navigate his disorder. Amen to that. All right. So our next story. So during quarantine, this whole quarantine and COVID-19 crisis, we have all been saved by these versus battles. Because not a, a lot of our favorite shows are off the air because they could no longer record. And recently, um, there was a battle with DMX and Snoop. We'll get into that a little bit later. But because of because the views of this have been so high, uh, Apple and Versus now have a deal, which is really cool. So Versus will now be available on Apple Music and Beats One. Each battle will simultaneously cast live with the streaming service for free at the same time it airs on their Instagram account. And also you can listen to a playlist beforehand on Apple Music by their host, Low Key. So you can get a little sneak peek into, you know, their catalog, some things you might've forgot about, you know, that way you have everything you need going into the battle. So how do you feel about this whole collaboration? I am just like, I think it's awesome. I'm like, I, when I saw it, I'm like, good for them. Like, that is so dope. You know, I mean, to have a major platform like Apple, come on, like I, Versus is now just elevated its level completely because of it. And it's so interesting to see the direction that music is headed in because because of COVID and how things are rapidly changing. And it's interesting to see how companies are adapting to that as well. And also it's just interesting to see, it's interesting to see things like how Apple, you know, has partnered with Versus and how um, in another news story, how Spotify um, is now 100% top of the Joe Rogan podcast to see mm-hmm. how these collaborations are now happening mm-hmm. and to be able to see the opportunities for people when it comes to what basically what happens when you can partner with a company what opportunities that now brings to you right. and the exclusivity that these companies now have and the, it's just it's really interesting to see the evolving of music and streaming and podcasts and all these different things because this is this is direction that we're headed in and how you monetize things because I don't I don't really know how versus started out or anything like that was it just if it was just free and whatever it was just something that people thought of but now look at them being able to essentially most likely monetize off of this which is really 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 cool to see of just how a simple idea can turn into something else so because versus, I mean, it started out just kind of like cool and simple and like, oh, this is, this is dope. Like, this is so fun. <laughs> and it kept us all happy during quarantine. And especially with, excuse me, especially with quarantine having no real end in sight as of right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. The world is still moving forward. How do we, like, what does this look like? You know, how do we continue this moving forward? How do we evolve? How do we roll with it? 
And this is a perfect example of rolling with it and having things happen for you, not to you. So versus is really, I mean, shoot, come on. They got Apple in their corner now. What what are they going to do? They got one of the biggest companies in their corner now. So, and that makes it really convenient too, to have the playlist beforehand and everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's dope. (laughs) Oh yeah. Cause sometimes you forget about certain songs or you may not have heard them. Um, or they might be like from early on in their catalog and you're like, mm-hmm. what is this? What's that you may not have been <laughs> for a lot of the, the younger kids. They're like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited about this too, because I feel like verses for me kind of popped out of nowhere. Like I remember just randomly seeing articles about conversations like, you know what, if this person was to battle this person, it was kind of like, you know, like the Sweet 16, but for music. Like, what would happen if we did that? So I kind of think that mm-hmm. this company is fairly new, um, but these discussions definitely sparked a lot of people's attention because of the people who own it, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I think that it's a really good move. I'm surprised that they weren't exclusively on title. That's true, yeah. I'm surprised that. that move wasn't made, but Apple probably has more money you know (laughs) throw at them but um but you know I'm honestly really happy about this collaboration because now I think that the quality should be able to go up because they kind of figured out their kinks in the beginning you know nobody wants to have another Teddy Riley thing and with the verses Mm -hmm. Nelly and um and Ludacris how like Nelly's internet was all jacked up and now they're in the same room um so let's talk about this more recent versus battle. Now it's between Snoop Dogg and DMX. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are, you know, trying to say who won, who lost. Um, a lot of people are just like, you know, I just, it was a vibe. It run, reminded me of my childhood. So we, so, um, so I actually posted a uh, actual poll on mm-hmm. Isolate's Instagram page. You can go ahead and check out the results for yourself um, on isolate underscore pod on our front page. You'll see it under polls. Um, and we picked five songs. Well, really more like six, six songs um, from, yeah, six songs from the, the, it was, the versus battle was long. Like these versus battles are yeah. so long. They're really I get long. tired. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna lie. Did I sit and watch the entire thing? No, but because <laughs> they're really like long. an hour but... and a half, two hours. Like, I I think that Instagram just extended the time because before you could only do like an hour on Instagram Live mm-hmm. before you had to stop, come back, take they taking breaks on <laughs> air while it's still airing, and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a busy gal. Like, <laughs> so you know, they're so. The audience is going to get to hear who we would have chosen um, for the different songs that were picked and then what the Slay Nation actually voted. So the first song is Snoop Dogg's Who Am I, What's My Name versus DMX's What's My Name. So who do you think won that round? Uh, okay, it's like, this is... It's so funny, like this whole this whole thing. It's it's solely just it's East Coast versus West Coast, and I'm like, ah oh, man, like this was so hard to pick winners for me. But I just I'm such I'm a fan of both. But I went with Snoop Dogg. Who am I? What's my name? I went with Snoop Dogg. 
I went the opposite. I went with DMX. <laughs> I just, it's like, I know for me, I didn't even know why this battle happened, but I understand why, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. they're two different vibes. It kind of depends what mood you're in. That, that was it too. Like I was in a more groovy vibe mm-hmm. when I was thinking about this. And so I'm like, man, you know, I'm just like, I'm about that West Coast, like vibe, like, yeah, I'm feeling it right now. And so, but it's funny because I'm from the East Coast, but you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah, me too. But I used to live in Cali. So I'm all about that Cali vibe. Like, I love it. Yeah. But, you know, the Slay Nation, um, actually 92% voted for DMX, 8% voted for Snoop. Wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'll just go with the minority. It's fine. (laughs) All right, so the next song is Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice versus DMX, Get At Me Dog. So who did you pick, Snoop or DMX? Okay, so this is also because I saw Snoop Dogg live, not recently, but like Mm -hmm. recently-ish, like last year, and Gin and Juice was a total vibe, and it was me and all my friends, and it was a beautiful moment. So when I hear that song, I think of that moment. So <laughs> it was fun. So I picked Snoop Dogg again. I'm not always gonna pick Snoop Dogg. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. But I picked Snoop Dogg in this one. Gin and Juice. I picked Snoop Dogg too because Gin and Juice. That song is good across all generations. Like. Yeah, slap it on the radio right now and not even say that it was Snoop Dogg or took his name out of it. Oh, right. Young kids would would bop to it, not even know what gin and juice was, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So true. So the Slay Nation agreed as well. So 86% said Snoop, 14% said DMX. Yeah. So we're all in yeah. agreement. Okay, we got it together. All, <laughs> all right, so the next song is Snoop Dogg featuring C Murder and Magic's Down for My Ends. We're going to censor ourselves. Got it. <laughs> Versus Jay Z's, uh, Jay Z featuring DMX, Money Cash, Hoes. Who do you pick? <laughs> um, this one was hard because. I love the, like the intro and the mm-hmm. music, you know, of the down for my ends. When I hear it, I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> like, you know, again, yeah. hype. But I think I like the song Money Cash Hoes overall. <laughs> so I chose DMX on this one. Yeah, I agree. I picked DMX too. Um, I, I also think it's because like the East Coast thing, like when that song came out, you know, <laughs> you were just ready to like, I don't know. Mm. Like it was, I was just, yeah. I'm just feeling DM, DMX's song a little more. But Snoop's yeah. performances, though, mm-hmm. were definitely better than like you could tell DMX yeah. hasn't hasn't performed in a while. I know he was trying to go on tour, canceled his tour, going through some issues. Yeah, COVID. you know yeah. he got his dead bod on now. <laughs> Snoop looked like he can't gain weight to save his life, even though he eats. Oh, love right. Stewart. So it's it's okay. Snoop is always ready to perform, but yeah, you know, like he was getting it too when that song came on. <laughs> I can't even explain how he was dancing, but he was getting it, and I was like, okay, I see you. Like right. crick walking, I was like, didn't you, didn't you just say before <laughs> try to decline being a crip, and now you back sea walking, talking rapping <laughs> songs, and yeah, you said it. You can't pretend and hide now. 
I guess because he's he's Uncle Snoot now, so it's like leave yeah. Uncle alone. <laughs> so the Slay Nation actually uh, agreed. DMX, they said DMX won around eighty three percent to seventeen for Snoop. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. So the next song is Snoop Dogg's "The Shiznit" versus DMX getting on the floor. So who do you pick? I chose. This one was hard too. This is all very hard because I like them in different moods, like you said. Mm-hmm. I in the moment when I was thinking about, you know, the verses for this, I went with the shiznit. I was just feeling that more. So as soon as I heard it, I literally forwarded the live to my best friend once DMX played Get It on the Floor. I just was like, you know what? This I just got I wanted to dance so bad I was in my house by myself but I said forget it like I'm gonna go off by myself you call my house club 4145 that's the address but I chose I chose DMX for this round Um, and the Slay Nation agreed with me 90% said DMX 10% said Snoop I feel like the Slay Nation is just very I don't know. They were they were they chose gin and juice too, so never mind. I'm like they they just like DMX Mo. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one is going. The last one actually is going to be uh, DMX's Rough Riders anthem versus Dre featuring Snoop Dogg's Nothing But a G Thing. Which one did you pick? I chose Nothing But a G Thing. Judge me all you want, but I picked that one anytime. I was like, yep. Nothing about a G thing about it. That's a bop. <laughs> <laughs> I pick Rough Riders Anthem because I feel like whenever you hear that song, you just gotta go crazy. Yeah. That's you true. just gotta that's like true. you just gotta tear some stuff up. Even if it's a paper, you got your headphones in at work, you just rip the piece <laughs> of paper for no reason and take it back up together because you needed it. But the song just makes you just wanna like like just Attack. go off. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I definitely, I picked the Rough Riders anthem. Um, and the Slay Nation agreed. 89% said DMX, 11% said Snoop. Mm. I don't know. So me, Slay Nation whole, clearly felt like DMX one. <laughs> I, I feel like, because a lot of, so a lot of my followers, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. A lot of my followers are from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And DMX was a lot bigger in mm-hmm. Baltimore. Yeah, definitely. Than Snoop. And then, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like with a lot of people, Snoop's music was out before. <laughs> you know, a lot of us could remember the songs. True. So, true. You know, true, I, true. I remember like having to sneak the listen to like Ludacris and DMX mm-hmm. because, you know, Snoop and NWA, like they had too much cotton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that that hip hop you can't listen to none of it's like no, that's that no, rap that you can't listen to <laughs> oh gosh but I definitely performance wise I think Snoop stole the show yeah more, I think I, more energy and I think that because DMX's song go hard like he was he's a very you know he was a very angry individual yeah, very aggressive rapper 
Like, Snoop was like, you know, that dog that don't mess with you unless you mess with it. And DMX is like the dog that's just going to attack you for no reason and chase you down the street. <laughs> you were right. That's a perfect analogy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah. I was, that's why I also think that this wasn't a fair one. Yeah, they're very, 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 very different. And... So that's why I was like, it was hard because I felt like I felt biased when I was listening because I was just more in a Snoop mood at that mm-hmm. time. Because I definitely, I like all of the songs. I like all of them. And, but I was just feeling Snoop more that day. And then <laughs> on a different day, maybe tomorrow, because it, you know, be like, oh, start a new week, Monday, whatever. And I'll be more wanting DMX to hype me up kind of thing. So. <laughs> Yeah, I feel that way about, like, you know, like, I listen to Snoop's music when I'm just, like, driving and just cruising, you know, mm-hmm. roll the windows down just to feel the breeze. Yeah, you know, yeah. You kind of listen to DMX when you by yourself and you kind of wild out. Like, for me, DMX is more like club music, but it's also yeah. like club music that's going to start a fight. Yeah, you know, very <laughs> true. It's <laughs> like, club music, you're like, oh, God, something's about to go down. <laughs> Right. It's kind of like, you know, cry miles, knuck if you buck. You just oh about to go down. To have like, get out the way. <laughs> right. Maybe but, it's because cause I live in Florida. So, you know, it's like, you know, Gin Juice is a perfect beach song, you know, oh, yeah. and I'm right by the beach. So it's like riding down with Snoop Dogg playing. I'm like, it's, it's a vibe. So mm-hmm. yeah, because depending on where you live, like the music is completely different in terms of the artists that like the radio stations will spin. Um, mm-hmm. I know in California, when I lived in California, I listened to a lot more like pop music, a lot more like, you know, smoother, like cruising music. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know that E-40 was still rapping. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, y'all going to go see who? He's still performing? Oh, okay. <laughs> or like people I would talk about that my California friends, they're like, yeah, no, I don't know who that is. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool 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 so a lot of music is is very regional I feel like because Maryland is one of those states that's kind of split you know so it's like we do listen to some of the cooler stuff but we're close to New York so we get a lot of that that hard-hitting music yeah like people argue all the time about DMX and Jay-Z and and those Mm -hmm. like you know harder kind of artists right right but we also have to remember Snoop's transition that's also why I don't think this was kind of fair because Snoop has been making music for a long time. A long time. Off, like at all. <laughs> um, so with a lot of his stuff, it's like he's changed musically. Like, yeah, he used to do the harder stuff when he was younger, but mm-hmm. he realized that he had to kind of like change his image so he could have longevity because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of his, you know, people who were out around his time were starting to like, act and do other things and he's like well I gotta expand my portfolio a little bit <laughs> yeah that's so true remember when he became Snoop Lion for a little while too mm-hmm. he's still Snoop Lion I don't even know. <laughs> know I mean he has he has his own podcast now he's on tv with Martha Stewart, Arthur Stewart right? he be, they be cooking it up and everything I'm like good for you it's like I feel like he probably just has so much fun in life he just always seems like 
he's having a good time. And yes, it's probably also because he's probably always high, but <laughs> you know, also it's just, he just looks like he is just enjoying his life, which is cool. I hope to be at that level one day uh, of enjoying my life, if not the high part. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just enjoying your life, doing what you want to do. And because I feel like DMX, a lot of people are saying that like Snoop did this more so for DMX because a lot of these artists, their music is getting played more and people mm -hmm. are going back to them. And now that, you know, they're on the streaming, you know, with streaming and everything, people have access to it. So, you know, DMX has been in money trouble. We know that. Mm hmm. So it's exactly. like, people are like, well, DMX, you know, Snoop is really doing this for the sake of that's his boy. His boy needs some money. Snoop don't really need the money, you know, but it was just a whole vibe. He's like, you know, I'm gonna do it for my boy. It's also nice to see the friendships amongst black celebrities. That's cool. Yes. It's so fun seeing the people just like hype each other up and just like get so into it and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're, everyone's just having a good time enjoying it yeah yeah it's a versus and it's a battle and you know you want to see who wins blah, blah blah but at the same time they're doing it to have fun like they're doing it to enjoy themselves and to right. you know connect with their other artists and just have a good time and put on a show that's the thing it's like, you know, and dog was there. in the room watching and people are like oh my god yeah, right. like celebrities are freaking out <laughs> that's so funny i know right it's just it's cool they're just there to put on a show and have a good time i'm like shoot you know yeah. lessons to y'all y'all keep us entertained during covid so keep it up <laughs> and i also think it was funny that dmx almost messed up because he was surprised that snoop knew all the songs no nope. <laughs> knew all the words and he up here acting as his hype man double performing and dmx <laughs> like almost messed up i didn't even know you knew all the words today you <laughs> <laughs> like oh you want to spin a verse like go ahead you, you, you want to sub in for me that's fine <laughs> oh that's hilarious awesome all right and that's it for wash poppin so we all know that fashion makes news and news makes fashion so let's get into the fashion news so today we have one topic today because it's a big one um so ever since with everything that's happening in the world right now We've had all of these, you know, black people being killed uh, unjustly, whether it be police officers or racist individuals as a whole. Um, and a lot of brands, whether it be fashion or food or whatever, they're all making, releasing these PR statements talking about, you know, how they stand with Black Lives Matter. But are they really about that life? So there is actually an article uh, written in CNN by uh, Alicia Elaine um, saying that a lot of critics actually aren't buying this whole down with BLM moment that a lot of these brands are having and feel like it's just talk. Um, so there have been a lot of, a lot of stories that have actually come about um, in reference to a lot of brands a lot of people who work for a lot of these fashion brands experiencing racism in the workplace um, and toxicity in the workplace. So one of these brands is Refinery29. Um, so there, you know, a lot of, just a lot of these allegations, you know, Anna Wintour um, has been in the news lately because former staffers are saying that they've experienced racism through her. 
And, you know, Andre Leon Talley has made some statements against her as well, pretty much saying that she pretty much ruined his career. Mm. Uh, we talked about that a few episodes ago on I Slay the Podcast. Now, we know that there have also been a lot of initiatives by different organizations to kind of uh, create opportunities. But do you really think that a lot of these fashion brands are really going to actually make changes to their organization or are they really just talking so that they can make a statement and not be canceled? So I personally, I feel like statements just come from, they need to make a statement. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's where any statement comes from because they have to, they have to, you mm-hmm. can't not because that's basically not standing up for Black Lives Matter. If you don't make a statement, you're basically on the opposite side. So right. statements come because you have to, regardless of your intentions, whether they're good or ill-willed or whatever, you, you have to. And do I think that they're actually going to make changes? It's hard to say. I feel like changes will be made, but not necessarily because of the best of intentions. It's more so because they're getting called out. So right. they have no choice but to change, you know? And it, it, it's, it's upsetting because you do see, especially, you know, like startups and smaller companies who are, who are actually talking the talk, or I'm sorry, who are walking the walk, not just talking the talk, and mm-hmm. who are, who've made it really clear that that's what they stand for from the get-go, as opposed to, oh, let's shift you know, these bigger companies like, oh, we did not even think about this before. Let's hire someone and call them the head of diversity and inclusion. (laughs) And let's just go ahead and do one campaign centered around it. And it's like, I love to see campaigns that feature women of color and other marginalized groups and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's not just, it's not just one campaign. It's not just one moment. It's a movement. So what's your plan for the long term? Share right. your plan for the long term. And now don't just say, yes, we stand for equal rights and we stand for Black Lives Matter. Yes, cool. We're, we're behind it. Anyway, here's a picture of a super thin white person in our clothes because that's all we know how to do. <laughs> you know? And it's just right. like, what's your plan for the long term? Not just this one moment that we have right now. What, what are you doing to actually show that you're creating change that's lasting change, not just a little thing that you're going to forget about. For instance, I, people talk a lot about how our feeds have gone back to quote unquote normal. And yeah. it, I'm putting up air quotes, everyone. <laughs> and um, um, it's like, okay, your feed has gone back to normal, but what are you still doing for the long term? Because there's right. so many influencers who are still posting stuff who are still featuring other voices who like are still realizing that they are advertising yeah. like, mm-hmm. and fashion they have a big responsibility they they do they have a humongous responsibility because so many people are watching them now think of all the companies that have been under fire for so many reasons like victoria's secret and like other companies mm-hmm. like that who've just always been under fire and it's just because they clearly don't care to make the lasting change that they so need to make to have their people care. And especially right. with millennials now, like us millennials who are older and in the space that we are now, mm-hmm. millennials, there was a study and like, I don't know where it came from or anything like that. I saw it back in college, but um, that millennials will buy 
from a company that stands for a cause that they stand for mm-hmm. over anything. They'll they'll pick that over just the best price or whatever if it supports right. a cause that they actually stand behind. So that being said, people care about that stuff now. People look at that stuff now. You can't just ignore it because it didn't matter at some point. People really, really, really care and look at that stuff. So if you don't have a plan and action from the get-go, or if you don't have a plan for the long-term, you're kind of screwed and people just aren't going to mess with your company anymore. They, it, it's not hard to do. Again, Victoria's Secret, one of the hu- biggest companies out there, they're totally on the decline now. Yeah, totally they're, decline. they stop the bleeding right now. Yeah, they cannot stop the bleeding at all right now. And so it, it, just because you're a big company doesn't make you exempt. So they need to really, really think about these things that they're saying. And I appreciate the statement, but Hey, everyone had to make a statement. I had to make a statement on my podcast, (laughs) you know, like we all had to make a statement, but what are you actually going to do long-term? So sorry, that's my spiel. (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely agree because I feel like whenever these companies are making these statements, they're either they're making a statement and doing nothing or they're making a statement and then throwing like we gave like we gave money to BLM like okay you gave money to BLM but are you looking to hire more designers of color and not just black designers designers of color period period um, just because you know the world just isn't black and right white you know we need more diverse voices like you can actually hire companies to actually do an audit of your company and then they can actually sit down with your employees in a space that they won't feel penalized for it you can kind of address everything that needs to be addressed whether it's the you know like gender wage gap you can address the racism that happens in your company as a whole um, and try to create programs for you know more diversity you can address the you know the general sexism in your office like there's so many things that you can address and create an action plan in order to address so you know uh there was a the fashion brand that actually got into trouble recently for stealing some designs from an art student and the art student had the receipts. She took screenshots of the email, sent them in, like, this is my graduate portfolio, and this is what they produce, and it was exactly like mine. Because Ooh. you can get in trouble for that for as a grad student, because they're like, well, you just plagiarized. It's like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> like, no, we're not doing that. No, man. So it's like, why didn't you collaborate with her, right, if exactly. you liked her stuff? You probably, she's a grad student, like just give her some money to pay towards her tuition. And she's Seriously. happy. Like pay for the books. <laughs> okay. Through your partner. Okay. Do a couple bikes in the U S we'll promote this. We'll take care of all of your college tuition and pay for you to, you know, to eat and travel and things like that. Like that probably would cost you so much more, you know, less money than the lawsuit that's about to come your way. Mm-hmm, exactly because not only does this lawsuit hurt you you know financially but it hurts you in a pr light too because now people associate that with you right. i don't like care what anyone says. yeah exactly <laughs> now, you're just stealing. Like, now you're stealing first you're racist now you're stealing like come on and it's those things are lasting people don't forget those things mm. so because they're very emotionally charged. So people do not forget those things that they're going to associate with you now. 
Exactly. So I, I know that there are a lot of, like, even if they team up with, because there are different fashion organizations in the U.S. that are trying to create programs. Um, there's even us. We talked about a scholarship episode, a scholarship program for Black designers last episode. Um, Virgil Agbo now has a scholarship fund. Like, donate to that. That's still yeah. open for people to donate to, to send Black designers to school. Because one thing that I definitely realized living on this coast is that we don't necessarily promote creative jobs. Mm. Like, in the area I live in, it's more so, like, trade jobs or government jobs because we're right next to D.C. or, like, regular retail jobs. Like, that's mm. what gets pushed the most. Mm -hmm. um so you don't necessarily hear about the creative jobs like being a fashion designer like people forget that everything you wear down to your school uniforms your socks like the shoelace if shoelaces got a design somebody designed it somebody did it label on your shirt your sunglasses somebody somebody designed it even if it came from walmart or the 99 cent store somebody designed it yep Somebody, exactly. eBay, somebody designed it. Exactly. So there are definitely opportunities out there for creative jobs. Absolutely. They're 100%. How to do it. Exactly. And now is the time. Right? It's like now is the time. Again, now is the time to walk the walk. It's like we, we can all, everyone says stuff, you know, <laughs> everyone does. And that's fine, but it's about the actions that go behind it. Mm-hmm. And this is the time, okay, you wanted your moment to step up, here it is, you know, <laughs> you, you wanted something that you wanted a time where it would gain some attention, here it is. Yeah. And it's, it's, people are going to appreciate actual genuine action. Right. They're going to actually, they're, they will appreciate it if it's genuine and it's so easy to spot it when it is not genuine. And I feel like that's what people don't realize. These big mm-hmm. companies are just like, oh, we can just do this. Just slap a picture up here and blah, blah, blah. Like slap up a black square. Yeah, so it's fine. It's now it's, we know when you're not being genuine. We totally oh, yeah. know. TikTok people went back are to way smarter. <laughs> exactly. TikTok exactly. went back to normal. Like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 24 hours, nice, thanks. <laughs> exactly. So the, the brands and businesses and companies of all the, of everyone, not even just fashion, all of them have a huge responsibility being mm-hmm. some, being a brand of influence, so to say. And mm-hmm. th- this is their time. This is their moment to step up. And fashion, bruh, it's like, okay, you are a fashion company. Let's talk about just actually showcasing diverse people in your brand (laughs) and that's just race like diverse sizes like there are some companies like there is um a company called my big sister's closet and it's in canada and i absolutely love them and i will always plug them they're online now they don't have their physical store but good for them because they got rid of that before covid happened so that was a smart move Um, But what they do is they're a plus size boutique, but they show you an outfit in every single size of women of different body shapes. So it's possible because you know how many people like, especially nowadays, I know for the standard size stuff seems like it's getting smaller. I swear it 
Yes. Like I went to go shop for my little sister's birthday next month to get her some new clothes. And I'm like, I'm sorry, who's fitting this? (laughs) Right? Oh my gosh. That's so true. It does. It feels like everything's getting smaller. And so to actually see things on not just your standard mannequin makes Mm -hmm. a world of a difference. A huge company that's doing this, for instance, also is Fabletics. Hello, Mm -hmm. go to Fabletics website. You can see, you see everyone. You see everybody's shape on that website. (laughs) You see every size, models and all of them, different races, different Mm -hmm. everything. And it's beautiful because I'm like, yo, I can actually see what would actually fit me well. And Mm -hmm. that is something that is so valuable, especially shopping online. <laughs> you know? okay. Like I, I can't love shopping on ASOS because you can put in your measurements and it's like, okay, and this, you wear this size and that you wear that size and this, you wear this mm-hmm. size and that you wear that mm-hmm. size. It's like, thank you. Don't have to guess. Cause I get tired of always having to like, not all sites actually tell you what the measurements are for each individual item. You just kind of guess, right. gotta have to guess. Them. Right. So right, we hope right. that all of this means diversity all the way around and companies to start making plans to make actual change and people also take this opportunity like and and just do it yes exactly like I gotta finish a certification program now with the PR council because they created a program because they want to increase the number of millennials and also increase diversity in PR workspaces because a lot of companies looked at their companies and realized it was way too many white people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So like, funny. I love that. It's so funny. It's, it, 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 can, it can get very true. It's funny. I work in a, I work in property management. Me too. Yes. And so my team is actually more diverse. It's really mm-hmm. interesting because it was not very diverse. Mm-hmm. Then people got promoted or people left because they got promoted and went to other properties. Mm-hmm. And me and my friend who were also, who was also black, we got promoted into the manager roles. Mm-hmm. And we were like, look at us leading a diverse team. Like, you know, <laughs> look at us. We're man- two black managers. Look at us go, you know, and like all this stuff. It was just really funny. But it's, mm-hmm. it's, I've worked for teams that are not very diverse. I work for teams that are more diverse. And- right. It's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I know that multifamily housing, real estate blues. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let's get into this interview because I want to learn more about you. So can you give us a brief description of your podcast and what it's about? Absolutely. So yeah, so um, it's working overtime, the podcast. It's for the nine to five worker who wants to take their dream full time. So I do more interview style episodes and I have people on who are sharing their stories at all stages, whether it be they're working their nine to five right now and have their side hustle, whether it be they're working on their creative venture, whether they're an entrepreneur who is already full time and maybe they started at their nine to five or they just went all in. So I share different stories to show that it's possible for anyone because I feel like it's something that a lot of people can relate to, which is you're working your nine to five, but you just want to do more. That's really who my podcast is for, is for that person that wants to do more with their life and wants to feel empowered to be able to do so. So I do that through the art of storytelling. Um, so yeah, so 
also one more thing about it too is a lot of people think so oh christina your podcast working overtime that's what your dream is like that's what you're working towards yes and no <laughs> it's funny because i'm actually a writer and my dream is to be a full-time writer but i have always loved the medium of podcasts and that was you know that was kind of um why I really got into it and everything of just, mm -hmm. I know how I feel when I listen to podcasts. And if I can make one person feel the way that I feel when I was listening, then I will be happy. So that's the goal. It's just to get everyone to realize mm -hmm. that you can do whatever it is that you set your mind to. You can absolutely become limitless and you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. So that that's what it's about in short and sweet. <laughs> So as a podcaster, what are the best resources that kind of have helped you along the way? Yeah. So in regards to like making the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So definitely well, this one sounds general, but I'll go more in depth. So first the internet is a humongous resource because everything that you can possibly want to learn when it comes to what mic should I use? What software should I use? All those things is it's all online. And cause you can start anywhere with the podcast. You can literally start a podcast just on your phone yeah. for free <laughs> using anchor. You know what I'm saying? There's so many resources. So, um, I use a software called Lisbon as my hosting platform. Mm -hmm. And then because I just really wanted to make sure I had like good analytics and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then my my boyfriend makes music so i was using his mic at first and then i because then i was like i'm stealing his mic too much so i got my <laughs> own <laughs> and it was an investment but it was just something that i really wanted and so then when it comes to gaining knowledge on just starting i think the biggest thing that has been just so monumental is community and mm -hmm. the podcast community is legit okay <laughs> like there are so many groups there's you know, black podcaster groups. There's groups where you just promote your podcast. There's women of color podcasters. There's so many, the, the, the podcast community is hands down one of the most supportive communities that I've ever been a part of, mm -hmm. which is so cool. And so when you join all these Facebook groups and I'm in a couple of Instagram groups that just other people who are in the same kind of realm as me to start mm -hmm. a little group on Instagram and mm -hmm. having other people who have done it and who are just so willing to share what has worked for them, what has mm -hmm. not worked for them at all different stages. It's monumental. And so also then a lot of people get nervous of, well, like, how do I edit? How do I do all that? Again, mm -hmm. there are easy ways to do it. Like, what is it called on Max Garage Band? When I think mm -hmm. what it's called. Like, that's free if you have a Mac. Yep, that's and I, I <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's just like, there's so many, there's so many free resources. And then, yeah, when you grow and you get to a point and you want to start outsourcing things. So for instance, I, I actually outsource all of my editing to a company called Streamline Podcast. And they're a startup company where they do basically all the back end. And it was able to, they made me really able to focus a lot on making sure I have quality content, that I'm getting the guests that I want to get because I don't have to worry about all the back end stuff. But mm -hmm. hey, that's just me and that's my journey. And that's not everyone's journey, but that's okay because every, anyone can find success 
it's so it's so easy to start a podcast and to get it going and you don't have to have everything figured out it doesn't have to be super complicated mm-hmm. you just gotta have an idea and a voice and something to say and then once you start saying it dude you'll figure <laughs> out the rest you know so that that's what i love about podcasts i'm like i think everyone should have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day so as a podcaster um what was your biggest like failure and how did you learn from it Ooh, okay um, so, okay. So I started this podcast working overtime in May. However, I had wanted to start a podcast long before this. And originally I was starting a podcast, um, different kind of different topic. And I wanted a co-host super badly. And I brought on a friend of mine and we, we were going and she was like, cool, let's do it. And it was, going great but then it kind of got a little slower and I was like you know I'm I'm still trying to go I'm like yo we gotta do this 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 and things just weren't kind of playing out the way that I expected and it got to a point that you know we had a conversation she's just like this podcast your baby and I just kind of got brought on it wasn't something that we really did together and I just don't think like I can do it because I'm not as in it as you are. And it was a, it was a conversation. It was honest. It was real. And you know, she's my best friend. And so it was, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I felt like, well, crap, you know, this fell through and this whole podcast idea and all the work that we put into it, it was just kind of like done. And mm-hmm. I felt like I failed super hard at it. And I was like, okay, well then I'm not supposed to do a podcast. Cause I always thought like I needed to have another person right. uh, to do it. I needed someone to motivate me or I needed, I don't know. I always needed that other person to keep me on track to do it. And mm-hmm. it, it did, it felt like a failure when, after we had that conversation, cause I was like, well, crap, what am I supposed to do now? But what I really got from that was that if you want something and if you want something enough, if you have the reasons why, if you have the leverage that you're looking for as to why you really want to do this, if it's aligned with your mission and your mm-hmm. values and your purpose, because my purpose has always just been to inspire and motivate everyone to become limitless, to just unlock their true potential and to just live a life according to their own design, not by default. That's just always been my mission. That still is my mission. Mm-hmm. If my why is strong enough, which it is. I'm going to find a way to do it. And lo and behold, I was like, all right, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm going to, I'm still going to do this podcast. I'm still going to make it happen. And I, you know, I went away from it for a little while. Like it, that was probably, that was like early last year, I think mm-hmm. when that all happened and I went away from it for a while, but then I came back to it. Cause I was like, no, like this is the medium that has always been so perfect for me. And this, this is what I want to do. And my purpose and my calling is pull me towards making sure that this happens one way or another. And I'm going to find a way to make it happen. I'm going to make it work for me. And I think that's how I shifted into more interview style because I started out like, yeah, I'm going to do some interviews and then mostly solo episodes. But, you know, I'm like, I'll just, you know, I'll get if I can. Man, do you know? It's easy to get interviews, <laughs> you know, it is, it was not an issue at all. And so now I'm like, dude, I do interviews every week. It's, it's awesome. And so I just learned that 
if your reasoning, your why is strong enough, you're going to find a way to make it happen, but you have to have that leverage. You have to have those reasons why, because that's how it all starts. That's your foundation for achieving success is having your strong enough whys and visualizing where it is exactly that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I definitely understand. Cause I felt the same way when I started my podcast, you know, this podcast, mm-hmm. the first year I had two other co-hosts and this year, you know, I'm riding solo, um, having mm-hmm. different, you know, co-hosts for every episode to kind of have that banter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've, I too wanted to start a podcast a long time ago, but I didn't start it until like I started planning for it like two years ago. Cause I'm in the second year of the podcast now. And I started planning like two years ago and I kept waiting for people, waiting for people, waiting for people. Um, so yeah, I just always recommend people just, just do it. Just do your research, then just do it. Like my mm-hmm. first episode sounds like crap, but it's okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. I got tired of trying to figure out the software because I'm like, well, only know, I only learned about this one. And what do I do for this one? And afterwards, my friend was like, you know, you can use GarageBand, right? I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. You're not easy. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I know that you said before that you listen to podcasts. What are some of the podcasts that you've listened to that kind of inspire you? Oh, yes. Oh, this is oh, Hold on. Let me grab my phone. Anyway, <laughs> I love this. Oh, man. I am such just a podcast geek. Anyway, I listen to so many. So I'll the Okay. The podcast that started me on podcasts and that made me want to be a podcaster is the Balanced Black Girl podcast with Lestrange Alfred, where she talks about just wellness and um, just health and wellness in mm-hmm. featuring women of color voices and mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And she's been a huge motivation for me when it came to starting my podcast. And she's very, very, very good at what she does. And um, so definitely that one. Another one that I love that gets me absolutely fired up and pumped up is the free time podcast with my good friend, Carl Sona. Actually, he was just on my podcast. That was my most recent uh, interview that dropped this past Thursday. And, but his podcast also, he just has the dopest guests that are just so inspirational, motivational. I'm a personal development junkie. So I'm all about everything, personal development. And he's like, the black male version of myself <laughs> and that's why we're <laughs> friends and um he has really awesome just guests that just get me so hyped to be successful and take on the world and everything what are some other ones okay so i'm also a i'm a i'm a film nerd too mm-hmm. um screenwriter like i said i'm a writer uh books on screenplays so the no film school podcast uh my good friend steven rice he me and him we started our podcast at the same time and he's a good friend of mine and his is called the sunshine Steven podcast. And I love it because sometimes you just need a podcast that just puts you in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And his is definitely one of those for me. <laughs> and like I said, personal development junkie. So I listen to uh, the Tony Robbins podcast. I- I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. Uh, another one. Okay. I'll just do one more. I'm sorry. I could go on forever, <laughs> but and one more I'll do is <laughs> the, the food heaven podcast with Wendy and Jess. They talk about, nutrition for um, really uplifting women of color voices as well again mm-hmm. and they talk about intuitive eating and things like that, that I'm just really interested in just a lot of knowledge about health and nutrition that isn't just like weight loss 
mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. So, so that's how I really got big and interested in intuitive eating because that, that was something that was important to me with my own self-development and wellness journey. And okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to do two more. They're really fast though. So one is the black pod collective. They're a newer podcast for anyone who wants to start a podcast. I recommend listening to them because they have very, very, very tangible tips that make it, make it so easy to start a podcast. So I would listen to them because I've learned a lot from them because I'm still a newbie podcaster. Totally. I'm still a newbie. So that was really helpful and I appreciate helpful podcasts as well. (laughs) And the last one is this podcast called Essentialism by Greg McCowan. And uh, I'm shouting this one out only because it's my favorite personal development book. It's called Essentialism. Uh It's basically about, it's about living more by doing less, you know, it's just about streamlining all the crap that we have going on in our lives and really focusing on what's actually important in our lives. So it's my favorite book of all time, 1010 recommend it. And then he started a podcast and I almost died. I was like, this is the best thing that's happened to me personally. (laughs) Him starting a podcast about this stuff. I get to do more of his work. Great. So that that's it. That's all my shout outs. There's so many good ones that, and again, podcasting is so easy to get into and dude, you know, you start a podcast one day, I'll be shouting out yours, you know, listener who's listening right now, who's thinking about starting a podcast, I'll find it and I'll shout you out too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely because with podcasts, my first intro was actually Oprah Super Soul. Well, yeah, no, my first intro to podcast was actually one of my best friend's podcasts, No Class Podcast. Um, nice. And that's how I kind of, because she was in the podcast, so she started one. Um, and then I started listening to, like, Oprah's Super Soul Sundays. Yes. They're just always great episodes. And mm-hmm. then I went on to listen to, like, Two Dope Queens. Um, and then after making up my mind to do a podcast, I started listening to a lot of the other podcasters that are, you know, in some of the podcast groups that I'm in. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, Cause it's like for anything that you pretty much want to listen to, there's a podcast for it. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Like right? The biggest podcast group right now are like the murder mystery ones. Oh yes. My friend, Steven, the one that has sunshine, Steven, him and his husband, they're starting another podcast all about murder mysteries because they are just obsessed with that and I'm like awesome do it man why not you know so yeah there's that is a huge sector right now like Mm -hmm. conspiracy theories and stuff dude oh you can go down rabbit holes (laughs) exactly because I know Issa Rae has a few podcasts um Mm -hmm. they're really good stories and you're just like what there's one for everything. <laughs> I love Issa Rae. I love her so much. Such a motivation for me as a writer. I just, I adore her work and what she does. Oh yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't know she would take the podcast route. It's like stories in the bin. Everybody's so doing it. <laughs> oh yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Most people that's, that's the route that they're going. Cause there's a, you know, even if your group of listeners is smaller, people are still listening to it at mm-hmm. the end of the day and mm-hmm. then even I'm noticing people picking up on U.S. podcasts that are from other countries 
Yes, that's so true. Oh my like, gosh, yeah. Listen to me in Bangladesh. Oh, okay. Hi. I know, right? I'm like, I got <laughs> listenership in Australia, and I got listenership in Argentina. I'm like, oh, okay, where y'all at? What's up? Like, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Especially with you know, with everything that's happening in the world right now, people are starting mm-hmm. to expand their horizons. Mm-hmm. You know, podcasts are really big here and in the UK. So I'm starting to get some listeners from the UK, which is really cool. That's um, awesome. So it's like, you just never know. <laughs> Everyone's podcast yeah. has an audience somewhere. Mm-hmm. You just got to find it. Yeah. And just focus on making, you know, the content that resonates with you, that you mm-hmm. feel passionate about. And as long as you are putting in the work and you have the purpose and the mission behind it, success is coming. Oh yeah. Cause you know, once you mention that team that will edit it for you, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I need to pick them up because that is oh, yeah, the, yeah. the most annoying part of podcasting because now the formats are changing. Like last week yeah. I had an issue with like mm. file conversion, trying to convert the file because oh, most of the sites yeah, aren't yeah. taking MP3s anymore. You got to make it MP4s. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> not everything's updated. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Out. That's it's a lot. I'm not going to lie. Like I know my strengths and my strengths are connecting with people and public speaking and being creative. Mm-hmm. And my strength is not ID three tags. Like I still don't know what ID three tags are, but I know they're important to podcasts. <laughs> I know my team got it. You know. <laughs> so, exactly. Oh yeah. Cause I would rather plan content you know, I'm working on the YouTube channel. Like I try to record some episodes, but the lighting wasn't right. So I'm like, nah, I need better lighting. Mm-hmm. So like, I would rather focus on content creation and like take my money, just edit it, give it back to me. Yep. Girl, I'll, I'll send you all the information on Streamline. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that concludes another episode of I Slay the Podcast. Uh, go ahead and just let everyone know where they can find you, Christina. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me um, on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. So the podcast page is at Working OT Podcast. And then you can also follow my personal page for all the other things, motivational and personal development. And that is at CN Sloan underscore. Awesome. And don't forget, so now just announces everybody you can actually tip your girl on anchor now so you can go through anchor the the link is in the bio on instagram at isolate underscore pod so if you want to throw some change my way i will gladly accept it okay make sure that you share this podcast as well because the more listeners the more money i make feed the girl <laughs> uh, so <laughs> So thank you again for listening to I Slay the Podcast. And remember, the glow up starts within my...